for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News this early Monday morning. I'm Deborah Valentine. Here is your top five at five. This, this is the top five at five. The latest on Sunday's horrible tragedy in the Bronx. 19 people dead due to a fire blamed on a space heater. Race and ethnicity factoring in when it comes to identifying high-risk people for treatment for COVID using a newly okayed monoclonal antibody. There is controversy already swirling around Vice President Kamala Harris's new pick for her communications director. Already he's had to apologize His job will be to put a spin on Harris's sinking poll numbers that we've told you so much about, as well as all of our staff resignations. Former NYPD Commissioner Bill Bratton on Cats at Night right here on 77 WABC. He's blasting the Manhattan new DA for introducing those lax penalties for criminals. Bratton says cops are being handcuffed. And sadly, Hollywood has lost yet another favorite comedian and actor Bob Saget dead at the age of 65. All right, it is the most devastating fire that New York City has seen in three decades. 19 people reported dead this morning. That includes 10 adults and nine children in this fire. It happened at a high rise in the Bronx Sunday morning. Preliminarily, investigators think that a space heater touched off that fire at 333 East 181st Street in the Bronx at that high rise. This fire victim made it out. For a few minutes, where it was just black, I had my sister's baby was in the house, her big daughter, and it was just, we were trying to keep his face covered, and it was just pitch black in my house in the daytime. The fire, they was putting out the fire, and all you could see is just black smoke in front of my window. And FDNY Commissioner Daniel Niger at the scene, he calls it the worst fire in New York City in decades. The last time we had a loss of life that made me this horrific was a happy land fire which was over 30 years ago, also here in the Bronx. Fire began on the second and third floors of that 19-story high-rise about 11 a.m. Sunday. Nigro said smoke alarms were working. At least 63 people injured here, 32 suffering life-threatening injuries. An investigation into that deadly fire continues. Well, more people now may be eligible for a new monoclonal antibody to treat COVID. Back in December, you might remember the FDA okayed emergency use authorization of this new drug. It's called Sotrovimab. Now, factors such as race and ethnicity, though, are making certain people more high risk, uh, meaning that they will be eligible for this. Therefore, they would qualify for the monoclonal antibodies and oral antivirals used to treat COVID. The guidance is from the FDA as well as the Biden administration. Back in April, uh, the Vanderbilt University Medical Center was on Fox News, April Capu. What we know is the CDC, their job is to assess all the data and make recommendations. And so if patients are confused, ask your nurse practitioner. All right, April Capu from the Vanderbilt University Medical Center there. Some of these high-risk categories, meaning you might be eligible for this. Things like old age, obesity, pregnancy, chronic kidney disease, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, according to the FDA. 
Well, following the mass exodus from the office of Vice President Kamala Harris, seven people have made the exit, citing a toxic work environment. The VP now getting a new communications director. It's none other than Democratic strategist and pundit Jamal Simmons. But he's already off to a rocky start. Now, ironically, the Federal Election Commission filings show that Simmons donated 250 bucks to Republican U.S. Senator Rand Paul's presidential campaign back in 2015. Simmons forced to apologize Friday for a slew of previous tweets and comments that have gotten him in trouble attacking Joe Biden, the COVID vaccine, and for spewing right-leaning immigration deportation views. This isn't the first time Joe Biden has said something that turned out to be wrong or impolitic. It's what you get with Uncle Joe. The question for voters is, is it worth putting up with Biden's gas to get the good stuff, the human connection, the years of service, the steady hand? All right. Simmons will work to try and put a spin on Harris's reports of a toxic work environment within the VP's office. News check time 507. And that's time for a look at the roads and the rails. Here's Joe Nolan with Traffic and Transit. Morning, Joe. Morning, everybody. And we've got a couple of problems out there for you here early on. First of all, the New England Thruway I-95 in the city, right by the Hutch, there is an accident with an overturned vehicle. Two lanes are closed there, but they're in the process of cleaning that mess up. And then on the Belt Parkway eastbound coming into Cross Bay Boulevard, just east of there, uh, there is a collision as well. Inbound Lincoln, Holland, George, all three. Only minor delays, mass transit. Everybody so far so good on or close to schedule. And alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations once again today are going to be in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, on this Monday morning, your forecast from the Mazda Weather Center. Looking for a sunny day today. The high near 30, partly cloudy overnight. The low down to 13 right now, 36 degrees. So temperatures are actually going to drop today. Former NYPD Commissioner Bill Bratton says that Manhattan's new DA, Alvin Bragg, is handcuffing cops. He blamed his election on George Soros, billionaire George Soros, claiming the billionaire has effectively destroyed the criminal justice system in America. Here's Bratton on Cat's Roundtable. He's well-intended in the sense of trying to find a way to address some of the issues of the past. But uh, you don't address the issues of the past by effectively decriminalizing just about everything in New York City. All right, Bragg, a Democrat, kept his campaign promise during his first week in office and told his staff to only seek prison time for those who commit the most severe crimes. Well, Hollywood has lost yet another star. Beloved comedian and Full House star Bob Saget has died at the age of 65. We don't know why yet. But according to the Orange County Sheriff's Department, Saget was found dead in his hotel room at the Ritz-Carlton down in Orlando, Florida. Saget also had a reputation for his edgy, raunchy stand-up routine. Guys, you're a wonderful audience. You really are. I'm not just kissing off. I'm really not. I swear. I'm, I'm slobbering all over you is what I'm doing because I need you to like me real bad because I have no act and I have no life and I have no future. All right. A cause of death not yet determined. Officials say there was no sign of foul play. You might remember Saget also gained fame as the longtime host of the hit series America's Funniest Home Videos from 1989 to 1997. He leaves behind three kids and his wife, Kelly Rizzo. And uh, taking a look now at your Ramsey Mazda Weather Center forecast. Sunshine today, are high 30, a partly cloudy overnight, the low down to 40, uh, low down to 14 right now. We have 36 degrees. Well, more uh, news about Kamala Harris. Critics jumped on comments made by Harris during an interview on the PBS NewsHour with Judy Woodruff. 
Now, Harris acknowledged a level of malaise among Americans and channeled one of the lowest moments of former President Jimmy Carter's presidency. You might remember back in 1979, Carter's so-called malaise speech, he blamed Americans for the economic woes that had sparked widespread anger against his administration. And Harris used the term malaise during that PBS interview. There is a level of, of malaise. We're in two years into this thing. You know, people are, we want to get back to normal. We all do. Harris sought to link Americans' fatigue with the ongoing COVID crisis to Biden's sinking poll numbers and rising inflation and high energy costs. Jimmy Carter 2.0, said Fox News commentator Michael Tamaro, noted on Twitter. The erosion of our confidence in the future is threatening to destroy the social and the political fabric of America. All right. President Carter there, former President Carter back in 79. Carter's speech made the term malaise a taboo word among American politicians. Harris using it and taking the heat for it anyway. Well, Republicans gearing up for victory, of course, in the 2022 midterm elections later this year. House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy anticipates that over 30 Democratic retirements before the 2022 midterms. And now that's on top of sinking poll numbers for both President Biden and VP Harris. Now, McCarthy says Republicans will open border crisis and Afghanistan probes into the Biden administration after Democrats fire House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. This is just a start. But at the same time, this administration with one party rule in one year has no accountability and we will be able to hold them accountable and get America back on the right track. That is why I'm so optimistic about the opportunity for the future. All right, after videos went viral of her going maskless at a Florida bar, Democratic Bronx Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, yes, you guessed it, she has tested positive for COVID-19. Remember last week we told you that AOC attended a Miami drag brunch? Well, she made the announcement about her testing positive for COVID on her official Twitter page Sunday night using House uh, paper formal house paper with a formal house letterhead on it. The tweet on that official house letterhead says AOC that she is experiencing symptoms but recovering at home. She's in quarantine for now. AOC has had her jab. She's boosted and she is encouraging other people to do the same. Now, her presence in Florida, a state that has long been criticized for its lax COVID-19 restrictions, appeared to irk some Republicans. Here's Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. The number of lockdown politicians that have locked down their people, lectured their people, uh, cast aspersions on Florida, who then turn around and then seek refuge in Florida. They say one thing and then they live under different sets of rules. So, of course, it's not clear just where AOC caught the COVID-19 virus. Florida confirming a record of just over 150,000 COVID-19 cases as of January 4th, around the time of AOC's visit. Well, speaking of AOC, her communications director says Republicans now have an edge in the 2022 midterm elections and that President Biden could face a primary challenge if the elections don't go his way. Here's Corbin Trent on Fox News. I think that what we're seeing right now is a Democratic Party that's done a whole lot for the American people and then has largely been uh, unable to articulate what it's doing and what it's done. 
And I think that's a, that's a real challenge. Entrance said if not a primary, he could also imagine a powerful third-party candidate who could disrupt the race, citing Russ Pro's 1992 and 1996 presidential runs. Well, bad news for President Joe Biden's Build Back Better plan. On top of West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin's big announcement that he will not vote for the massive nearly $2 trillion spending bill, now reports indicate that Manchin has yanked his proposal for a compromise off the table. Now, that could potentially be the final nail in the coffin of the Democratic Party's signature social spending agenda. The West Virginia Democrats about face reported Saturday by the Washington Post, citing three unnamed sources. I'm really not going to talk about Build Back Better anymore because I think I've been very clear on that. There is no negotiations going on at this time. All right. And with the U.S. Senate divided at 50-50, lockstep Democratic support, of course, required for that budget bill to become law. So it appears to be dead in the water as of right now. All right. WABC time check is 515 this Monday morning. Yes, we have Justin Ellick here with your sports report and a busy weekend it was. Yes, it was, Deb. Thank you very much. Hope you had a good weekend. Happy Monday. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. New York football fans can finally be put out of their misery as both teams wrapped up their abysmal 2021 seasons yesterday. Let's start with the Giants, who welcomed the division rival Washington football team to MetLife for a battle of the NFC East bottom feeders. And what Giants fans are hoping was Dave Gettleman's final game as the team's general manager. His team once again failed to show any signs of being a formidable football team behind running back Antonio Gibson's career-high 146 rushing yards and cornerback Bobby McCain's two interceptions. Washington was able to comfortably bury the inept Giants by a score of 22-7. to The Jets didn't fare much better in Buffalo as they fell to the Bills by a score of 27-10. to With the win at home, the Bills were able to clinch their first AFC East title since 19, oh, 1995. No hardwood fix yesterday as both the Knicks and Nets were off. Both teams are back in action tonight as the Knicks are set to face the Spurs in San Antonio at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And the Nets are getting ready in Portland to battle the Trailblazers at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Same deal on the ice as both the Rangers and Devils took Sunday off. The Rangers will be in Los Angeles tonight to face off against the Kings at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. And the Devils will finally welcome the Islanders back to action this Thursday night with a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time date in Long Island. All of the above playing second fiddle to what's set to go down tonight in Indianapolis as the Georgia Bulldogs and the Alabama Crimson Tide will meet to determine who will be who will be crowned excuse me, this year's college football national champion. The game is set for an 8 p.m. Eastern time start. We'll see who comes out on top. That's your early news sports update, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, and who's going to win, Justin? Uh, I'm going with Alabama, I think. They've Me been, too. They've been there more often. They're, they're there they're just about every year, if not every other year. And um, Saban knows how to win that game more than any other game they really play throughout the should season. should be exciting. So. I know they both have 13-1 and one records. I just have a, a feeling that Alabama's going to pull it out. Me too. They usually do in these types of games. It's very ex- it's so exciting to see the college kids play and how the, you know the all the fans get so into it. It's, oh my it's really God. great. They're piling almost 150,000 people into those stadiums. Wow. So, it's going to be, be rowdy. If if we can stay awake to watch it. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joe Nolan has a look at Rhodes and Hurts. It's very inconsiderate of the NCAA to have those games at, on, on Monday night. I know, sports. really. You know, they really, don't have it at that, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Exactly, on a, on, right. a, on a Saturday. That's when they should be. <laughs> New England Thruway southbound right at the Hutchin accident with an overturned vehicle. Left lane going to be closed. Also, as you travel on the belt, eastbound across Bay Boulevard. That, we don't have really any problems there, but alternate side of the street parking rules 
are in effect today. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunny today. Our temperatures actually dropped to a high near 30 right now, 36. Partly cloudy overnight, the low down to, oh, a bitter chilly 14 degrees and windy too. Right now, 36 degrees. All right, time for your business report. Here's Frank Diaz. Good morning, morning. Frank. Good morning, Deb. I am not looking forward to the cold outside today. So, Well, stock futures slipped early Monday after a rocky start to 2022 for equity markets as interest rates rise. Futures in the Dow Jones dipped about 32 points or about just under 1%, 0.1%, excuse me, S&P 500 futures and NASDAQ 100 futures were down just over about about 0.1% percent and 0.2 percent respectively all the three major stock averages all fell in the first week of the year so not really a good look S&P 500 slid just about under half a percent on Friday for the first four-day losing streak since September NASA composite dropped just under a percent also posting four straight losing days the Dow Jones lost just under five points well if you're looking to uh build another house, you know, expect to wait a little while. Supply chain backlogs are rolling in the new home market, upending efforts to accelerate construction, limiting home buyer choices, causing some new owners to move into unfinished homes. Home builders have increased activity in the past year in response to the robust home buying demand. If you remember when the uh, coronavirus pandemic started, a lot of people were buying houses because they were just really cheap. Now, the industry is struggling with global supply chain woes, pandemic-related factory closures, transportation delays, poor capacity limits have stymied the flow of many goods and materials critical for the home building, including windows, garage doors, appliances, and, you know, paint. Freezing weather, power outages in Texas in February led to a shortage of resin, which is used in many home building projects. About 90% of home builders surveyed by housing market research firm Zonda in November said they were experiencing supply disruptions up from 75% in January of 2021. Well, the Australian government has overturned a decision to cancel Novak Djokovic's visa, saying that the Serbian tennis star will be released immediately from immigration detention. Djokovic had been detained upon arrival for the Australian Open, where he was set to defend his Grand Slam title. The Australian border force canceled Djokovic's visa and denied him entry into the country, saying he could have been deported. Djokovic's legal team argued that border officials failed to give valid notice of the intention to cancel his visa and that he did everything asked of him for quarantine-free travel. Legal experts say that Australian taxpayers could fork up to roughly half a million dollars in legal fees trying to deport him. All right. Thank you, Frank. And Frank will be back at 545. We've got a little bit more on uh, Manhattan's new DA, Alan uh, Bragg, and uh, all of the controversy uh, surrounding him. Gubernatorial hopefuls here in New York are slamming his controversial policy of not prosecuting certain low-level crimes and downgrading others. Some calling for Bragg's removal. Three Republican candidates for governor, Long Island Representative Lee Zeldin, Rob Astorino, and Andrew Giuliani, of course, the former New York City mayor, and 77 WABC hosts said they would remove Bragg from office if they were in the executive seat for failing to enforce the law. Here's Zeldin on Cats Roundtable. But you don't just refuse to enforce the law yourself. The governor of the state of New York has the authority to remove a district attorney if they refuse to do their job, if they refuse to enforce the law. And former New York City Mayor and 77 WABC host Rudy Giuliani is holding a press conference later today outside the governor's Manhattan office on 3rd Avenue. He plans to call on New York's Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul to remove Bragg. 
Now, Bragg on Saturday defended his policies at Reverend Al Sharpton's National Action Network headquarters. We said we were going to marry fairness and safety. And we laid out a specific plan. We put it on the website. We put it in print. And this week after January 1st, we got down to work. Uh, And we are doing what we said we would do. Now, Bragg reasons some career criminals need to be connected to things like mental health or addiction services instead of being incarcerated or imprisoned. Well, a sad story at a local Burger King. Deadly shooting of a teenager, a 19-year-old working her shift at a Burger King in Harlem has died. Crystal Bayron Nieves shot by an armed robber who made off with only 100 bucks. Now, this happened about 1 o'clock in the morning at the Burger King, 116th Street and Lexington Avenue in East Harlem. This teen was hit by gunfire in her torso. Now, police say that she died at Metropolitan Hospital. The teen had actually wanted off of the late shift because she was scared to work those hours. She'd been at the job for only three weeks. And uh, the gunman at large this morning, according to the NYPD, this guy they're looking for is a slim man who is wearing dark clothes and a black mask. Crime Stoppers is also offering a reward for the killer's capture. It amounts right now to $3,500. And you can also see video leading up to that shooting where you can actually see this masked gunman on our website. It's wabcradio.com. Also, a Chinese immigrant who was brutally attacked in April while collecting cans in East Harlem has also died of his injuries. The NYPD said over the weekend, actually Saturday, his case is now considered a homicide. This man's name, Yao Pan Ma, he died December 31st. The attack drew national attention as part of a rise in anti-Asian hate crimes in New York and around the country. Jared Powell in New York City was previously charged with attempted murder, felony assault, and hate crimes in this case, which remains under investigation. Now, a family representative said the charges against Powell should now be enhanced because he has died. Video of this incident shows Powell allegedly attacking Ma from behind, knocking him to the ground, and repeatedly kicking his head before fleeing the scene. A funeral is planned for sometime next week. Well, Eric Adams uh, has come out over the weekend saying that he actually supports, of course, New York City's new mayor, that controversial new voting bill that would allow nearly a million non-citizens here in New York to actually vote in the municipal elections in New York City only. Now, Adams put out a statement over the weekend. In it, he says he has and will continue to support the measure despite initially having some concerns. You'll remember the city council approved our city, our vote measure back on December 9th. By a vote of 33 in the affirmative, 14 in the negative, and two abstentions, intro 1867A is hereby adopted. Congratulations, Councilmember Rodriguez. So the passage, despite concerns from more than a dozen lawmakers, former New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, of course, has terminated December 31st, and some constitutional experts, too, citing concerns about this. De Blasio never signed that bill before leaving office. Uh, any bill that passes the New York City Council, lawmakers have 30 days to sign into law. So the bill would grant approximately 800,000 legal non-citizen residents, such as green card holders and recipients of deferred action, the right to vote in municipal contests, but not state or federal elections. 
Well, talking about elections, there could be yet another candidate for governor of New York. The latest is millionaire Republican Harry Wilson. Now, Wilson says he is seriously considering a run for governor. So he's testing the waters here, insisting his strong experience in the business world would help a reeling New York still battling the viral pandemic. Now, Wilson is the son of Greek immigrants, uh, just like our owner, 77 WABC owner John Katsimatidis. And uh, Wilson narrowly lost the 2010 race for state comptroller to Tom DiNapoli. So he's reportedly privately polling New Yorkers about a potential candidacy. hasn't officially declared yet. He is the chair and CEO of the MAVA Group and is known as an expert in things like corporate restructurings and turnarounds. Well, Amazon workers who want to unionize are giving Bronx, uh, the, from the Bronx, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, apparently the brush off. Now, AOC, you might remember, first promised union organizers at a Staten Island warehouse that she'd stand by them, but then she dropped out at the last minute. Now, instead, union organizers did not invite AOC to their December rally outside the JFK 8 Amazon Fulfillment Center. AOC was one of the people behind crushing Amazon's plans back in 2019 to build a world headquarters in Long Island City, Queens, and it would have created some 25,000 jobs. All right, time check, 527 here at 77 WABC, and that means to uh, head over to Joe Mullen and let's take a look at the roads and the rails. Hi, Joe. All oh, right. Deb, I'm sorry. That's quite all right. I didn't. Hear, I was not paying attention. New England Thruway southbound at the Hutch, right around the area of the Hutchinson River Parkway. There was a rollover a little earlier on. That has now been cleared. The left lane now has been closed. That is better news, though, because at one point, two lanes are out. Bell Parkway eastbound across Bay. That one is definitely out of the way. And the northbound of the Jersey Turnpike looks like there's an overturned vehicle right just north of 18W up uh, by the Meadowlands. Again, an accident. That one all off on the shoulder. Southern State. Also new westbound at Eagle Avenue, an accident, and alternate side of the street parking is in effect today. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 77 WABC. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today, but temperatures will drop to a high of 30 throughout the day. Right now it's 36, a partly cloudy overnight, the low all the way down to 14 degrees. Well, you can, as of this weekend, New Yorkers can now legally place bets using any one of four apps. So either online or use your phone, place your bets. The New York State Gaming Commission greenlighted this mobile betting. And with that, New York State becomes the 18th state to permit online sports gambling in some form. New York State lawmakers and then uh, now disgraced Governor Andrew Cuomo cleared the way for mobile wagering last April when it was included as part of the state budget. So New York estimated to rake in at least a billion annually from online sports betting. The State Gaming Commission said it will release data on betting volume monthly. So no numbers out just yet as to just how many wagers were made over the past weekend. But I can tell you that former New York Rangers goalie Henrik Lundqvist, who signed on as an ambassador with the Caesars Sportbook on Saturday. All right, 77 WABC News time is 529. And a bit of tourist tragedy to tell you about before we get to the break. The death toll at 10 now, 9 seriously hurt. This was part of that Brazilian uh, canyon accident that, A Brazilian cannon actually fell on top of two tourist boats on Saturday. 
Rescuers recovered three more bodies on Sunday, at least 32 people hurt as this tragedy unfolded as well. Debris hit a second tourist boat, too. One survivor recalled how she saw some pebbles falling from a canyon before it collapsed. All right. And that region had been under heavy rainfall for two weeks, and officials think that the rain may have loosened that rock face and and caused that tragedy there in Brazil. 530 here at 77 WABC. We'll be back right after the break. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine. Here's your top five at 530. It's the top five at 530. All right, we have the latest on Sunday's horrible tragedy in the Bronx. 19 dead due to a fire blamed on a space heater. Race and ethnicity factoring in when it comes to identifying high-risk people for treatment of COVID-19 using a newly okayed monoclonal antibody. And there's controversy swirling around Vice President Kamala Harris's new communications director, who has already had to apologize. And former NYPD Commissioner Bill Bratton on Cats at Night blasting the Manhattan new DA for introducing those lax penalties for criminals. Bratton says cops are being handcuffed. And Hollywood has lost yet another favorite comedian and actor, Bob Saget, dead at the age of 65. Well, it is the most devastating fire that New York City has seen in three decades. Nineteen people reported dead, ten adults, nine children here in this high-rise fire in the Bronx Sunday morning. Now, preliminarily, investigators think that a space heater touched off this fire at 333 East 18th Street. This fire victim made it out. For a few minutes, where it was just black, I had my sister's baby was in the house, her big daughter. And it was just, we were trying to keep his face covered, and it was just pitch black in my house in the daytime. The fire, they was putting out the fire, and all you could see is this black smoke in front of my window. FDNY Commissioner Daniel Nigro calls it the worst fire in New York City in decades. The last time we had a loss of life that made me this horrific was a happy land fire. Fire began on the second and third floors of the 19-story high-rise about 11 a.m. Sunday morning. Now, Nigro did say smoke alarms were working. At least 63 people hurt, 32 suffering life-threatening injuries. An investigation into the fire is continuing. Well, more people may be eligible for a new monoclonal antibody to treat COVID-19. Now, back in December, the FDA okayed emergency use authorization of sotrovimab. Now, factors such as race and ethnicity making certain people more high risk. Therefore, they would qualify for the monoclonal antibodies and oral antivirals used to treat COVID. The guidance is from the FDA and the Biden administration. Here's April Capu from the Vanderbilt University Medical Center on Fox News. What we know is the CDC, their job is to assess all the data and make recommendations. And so if patients are confused, ask your nurse practitioner. All right. Some of these high risk categories factoring in are things like old age, obesity, pregnancy, chronic kidney disease, diabetes and cardiovascular disease, according to the FDA. 
Well, following the mass exodus, seven people have left the office of Vice President Kamala Harris, citing a toxic work environment and that she allegedly is a bully. The vice president now getting a new communications director. It is none other than Democratic strategist and pundit Jamal Simmons. He's already off to a rocky start, though. Now, ironically, the Federal Elections Commission filing shows that Simmons donated 250 bucks to Republican U.S. Senator Rand Paul's presidential campaign in 2015. Now, he was forced to apologize Friday for a slew of previous tweets and comments that Simmons made attacking Joe Biden, the COVID vaccine, and for spewing right-leaning immigration deportation views. This isn't the first time Joe Biden has said something that turned out to be wrong or impolitic. It's what you get with Uncle Joe. The question for voters is, is it worth putting up with Biden's gas to get the good stuff, the human connection, the years of service, the steady hand? And Simmons will work to put a spin on Harris's reports of that toxic work environment within the VP's office. Former NYPD Commissioner Bill Bratton says that Manhattan's new district attorney, Alvin Bragg, is handcuffing the cops. He blamed his election on George Soros, claiming that the billionaire has effectively destroyed the criminal justice system in America. Here's Bratton on Cat's Roundtable. He's well intended in the sense of trying to find a way to address some of the issues of the past. But uh, you don't address the issues of the past by effectively decriminalizing just about everything in New York City. So Bragg, a Democrat, kept to his campaign promise during the first week in office, telling his staff in a memo to only seek prison time for those who commit the most severe crimes. The former commissioner slammed Bragg's decision to not prosecute fair evasion, a policy that is already in place under former DA Cyrus Vance Jr. Now, Bratton said Bragg poses a difficult challenge for New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams, who has promised to returned to broken windows policing and campaigned on his tough-on-crime approach. Hollywood has lost yet another star. Beloved comedian and full-house star Bob Saget has died at the age of 65. Now, according to the Orange County Sheriff's Department down in Florida, Saget was found dead in his hotel room at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando, Florida. Saget also had a reputation for his edgy, raunchy stand-up routine. Guys, you're a wonderful audience. You really are. I'm not just kissing up. I'm really not. I swear. I'm, I'm slobbering all over you is what I'm doing because I need you to like me real bad because I have no act and I have no life and I have no future. All right. A cause of death not yet determined. Officials say there was no sign of foul play. Saget also gaining fame as a longtime host of the hit series America's Funniest Home Videos from 1989 to 1997. He leaves behind his wife, Kelly Rizzo, and three children. 77 WABC Time Check 537. Here's Joe Nolan with a look at traffic and transit. Well, on the New England Freeway, southbound at the Hutch. Again, that overturned vehicle still being cleaned up. Only one lane, though, blocked the left one as you come southbound into there. But now a new one on the Cross Bronx on the eastbound side of Jerome Avenue. There's a crash there, one lane out of service. Southern State westbound on the island at Eagle Avenue. An accident off on the shoulder. And then on the western spur of the turnpike, right by the Meadowlands, right by 18W, an accident off on the shoulder. Apparently an overturned vehicle involved in that as well. Mass Transit looks pretty good, though, this morning. Everybody on or close and alternate side of the street. Parking rules once again today are in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center calling for a sunny day today, but temperatures will drop to a high near 30, right now 36 degrees. A partly cloudy overnight, the low down to 14. A prominent Republican U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina is warning that 
Americans are living in the most dangerous time since the late 30s. Now, Graham blames the radical legislative agenda of President Biden and his Democratic colleagues. Graham is actually predicting that voters in the 2022 midterms will be motivated not based on what happened on January 6th at the U.S. Capitol, but based on this failed Democratic radical agenda. Here's Graham on Cat's Roundtable. This is the most radical approach to our constitutional checks and balances uh, in my lifetime and maybe ever. And there's going to be a backlash in 2022, John, against this Democratic uh, radicalization. Graham also predicted that Republicans would make great gains in November's election. The South Carolina Republican also thinks that former President Donald Trump would win in the 2024 presidential election. Now, Graham also thinks voters are worried about how Democrats have raised the idea of packing the U.S. Supreme Court with more justices to try and offset the current 6-3 conservative majority and Democratic ideas to do away with the Electoral College. Well, since taking office, President Joe Biden has held only nine, nine formal press conferences, and that is fewer than five past presidents. Biden has done 22 interviews with the media in year one now, less than six of the presidents who preceded him. Biden often answers only a few questions after his public remarks instead of vying for formal press conferences or media interviews. Bless you all. May God protect our troops. Thank you very much. And by comparison, former President Donald Trump, he did 21 press conferences. Barack Obama did 27, George W. Bush 19, Bill Clinton 38, and George H.W. Bush 31 during the same time period. So the dismal showing fuels speculation that Biden's press team does not want him speaking to the media. Biden often heard stuttering or forgetting just what he was saying. And instead of holding formal press conferences, it seems President Biden favors attending funerals. The Washington Post facing backlash on Saturday for a Twitter message promoting a story about President Biden frequently attending funerals since taking office. Seven to date, actually. So this story was headlined Biden funerals in a bygone era. So the tweet and story appeared ahead of Biden's attendance Saturday at a funeral service in Nevada for former U.S. Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid. He died at the end of December at the age of 82. And after many readers defended Biden for attending funerals and objected to the tweet, the Post deleted the message. Well, a Democratic senator is working on a bill that, if it is passed, would actually ban members of Congress from trading individual stocks. Democratic Georgia Senator John Ossoff's bill would crack down on conflicts of interest by making it actually illegal for lawmakers in Congress and their families actually to trade stocks while they're in office. Now, Ossoff's bill would also likely require lawmakers to put their assets in blind trust. Now, last month, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi defended the practice as her husband made trades worth millions of dollars. This is a free market and people... We have a free market economy that should be able to participate in that. All right. Pelosi and other members of Congress have come under fire for possible insider trading. Insiders estimate Pelosi worth close to $50 million. A letter published by the New York Times on Sunday, you may have seen it. Former First Lady Michelle Obama pledges to, listen to this, recruit and train at least 100,000 volunteers to ramp up voter registration ahead of the 2022 midterms. Now, the former first lady also called on Democrats to vote like the future of our democracy depends on it. 
This letter was co-signed by her progressive group, When We All Vote, as well as 30 different civil rights and voting rights organizations, including the NAACP. Now, in this letter, the former first lady introduced an action plan to recruit thousands, hundreds of thousands, actually, of volunteers to pressure senators to pass voting rights legislation and lawyers to fight state voting laws. Obama also criticized GOP red states uh, that uh, whose election security laws, she called them voter suppression. Well, Bloomberg reporting that scientists in Cyprus have identified a new Deltacron COVID-19 strain in 25 patients. Now, it combines elements of both Delta and the Omicron variants of the 25 Deltacron cases. Now, 11 are patients in already hospitalized uh, areas that have COVID-19. They're already in the hospital. Scientists say it is not yet known if it is a more contagious or dangerous strain, though. Here's Moderna's chief medical officer, Dr. Paul Burton. And it's rare, but it's not impossible. There's literature on it. It's a recombination of different strains within individuals. So something we've got to watch, but co-infection, an important thing for the future. And COVID infections normally only involve one mutant strain, but in extremely rare cases, two can strike at the same time. Well, more pushback against Russia. New reports say that both Finland and Sweden are now closer than ever to join NATO after Russian threats backfired. Vladimir Putin's demands that the U.S. ban the Nordic nations from the NATO alliance has made their joining more likely, though. That comes in the wake of heightened tensions around Russian troops along the border with Ukraine. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken rejected Russia's demands for a ban on expansion of NATO last week. NATO, of course, an alliance of 27 nations formed in 1947 in the wake of fears over a potential war with the Soviet Union in the wake of the Second World War. All right, WABC time check coming up on 545. I'm Deborah Valentine. All right, let's get a look at what's happening in sports with Justin Ellis. Thanks. Welcome back. Thanks, Deb. It's good to be back. I missed you for those 32 minutes. Whole half hour. (laughs) I am Justin Alligator with your early news sports update. New York football fans can finally be put out of their misery as both teams wrapped up their abysmal 2021 seasons yesterday. Let's start with the Giants, who welcomed the division rival Washington football team to MetLife for a battle of the NFC East bottom feeders. And what Giants fans are hoping was Dave Gettleman's final game as the team's general manager. His team once again failed to show any signs of being a formidable football team. Behind running back Antonio Gibson's career-high 146 rushing yards and cornerback Bobby McCain's two interceptions, Washington was able to comfortably bury the inept Giants by a score of 22-7. to The Jets didn't fare much better in Buffalo as they fell to the Bills by a score of 27-10. to With the win at home, the Bills were able to clinch their first AFC title since 1995. No hardwood fix yesterday as both the Knicks and Nets were off. Both teams are back in action tonight as the Knicks are set to face the Spurs in San Antonio at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And the Nets are getting ready in Portland to battle the Trailblazers at 10 p.m. Eastern. Same deal on the ice as both the Rangers and Devils took Sunday off. The Rangers will be in Los Angeles tonight to face off against the Kings at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. And the Devils will finally welcome the Islanders back to action this Thursday night with a 7.30 p.m. start time in Long Island. All of the above playing second fiddle to what's set to go down tonight in Indianapolis as the Georgia Bulldogs and the Alabama Crimson Tide will meet to determine who will be crowned this year's college 
Football National Championship. That game is set for an 8 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. That's your early news sports update, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center calling for a sunny day today. A high near 30, so temperatures will drop right now around 35 degrees. Partly cloudy skies overnight, the low down to 14. A blustery day in store tomorrow and cold. We could see wind gusts tomorrow around 29 miles per hour. All right, time check, uh, 547 here at 77 WABC. And uh, coming in to do his morning business report is Frank Diaz working his way into the studio right now. We're going to have a lot more news for you as we work our way to the Bernie and Sid in the morning program coming up at the top of the hour. All right, let's get our Monday morning business report with Frank Diaz. Morning, Frank. Good morning, Deb. Well, stock futures slipped early this morning after a rocky start this year. Uh, futures on the Dow Jones dipped about 32 points or about just under 0.1%. S&P 500 futures, NASDAQ 100 futures are down just over 0.1% and 0.2% respectively. Three major stock averages all fell in the first week of the year. Well, supply chain backlogs are rolling the new home market, upending efforts to accelerate construction, limiting home buyer choices, and causing some new owners to move into unfinished homes. Home builders have increased activity in the past year in response to robust home buying demand and a shortage of homes in the existing home market. Now the industry is struggling with global supply chain woes, as is a lot of people. Pandemic-related factory closures, transportation delays, and port capacity limits have stymied the flow of many goods and materials critical for home building, including things like windows, garage doors, appliances, and paint. No wonder I can't get my garage fixed. Freezing weather and power outages in Texas in February led to a shortage of resin, which is used in many homes and home buildings. About 90% of home builders surveyed by housing market research in Zonda in November said that they were experiencing supply disruptions up from 75% in January of 2020. All right. Thank you, Frank. Let's uh, head over to traffic with Joe Nolan. New England Thruway southbound right at the Hutch. That accident is still there with the overturned vehicle. They're still working on it. The left lane is out. He's spent on the cross Bronx at Jerome Avenue. An accident off on the shoulder still being cleared. Now, we also have problems westbound Southern State, Nassau County, Eagle Avenue. An accident off on the shoulder there as well. And then northbound Western Spur right at 18W. Look for a crash there also just adjacent to the Meadowlands. Now, mass transit, everybody there. So far, so good. And alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations again today are going to be in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 77 WABC. Well, as you can imagine, the NYPD's new top cop, of course, Keechan Sewell, she has fired off an email to cops. She did so on Friday. Now she says she is concerned for their safety. It comes in the light of those progressive policies announced last week by new Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. Now, Bragg in his first memo issued a week ago today instructed his staff to stop prosecuting many low-level offenders to seek reduced charges for certain crimes and not to ask for bail except in the most serious cases. The police commissioner says she is very concerned about police safety and that she will be meeting with the Manhattan DA to have frank and productive discussions. And more on Bragg. Gubernatorial hopefuls are slamming Bragg's controversial policy of not prosecuting certain low-level crimes while downgrading other charges. Some are even calling for Bragg's removal. Three Republican candidates for governor here in New York, Long Island Representative Lee Zeldin, Rob Astorino, and Andrew Giuliani, said they would remove Bragg from office if they were in the executive seat for failing to enforce the law. Here's Zeldin on Cat's Roundtable. But you don't just 
refuse to enforce the law yourself. The governor of the state of New York has the authority to remove a district attorney if they refuse to do their job, if they refuse to enforce the law. And former New York City Mayor 77 WABC host Rudy Giuliani is holding a press conference later today outside the governor's Manhattan office on 3rd Avenue. Now, he plans to call on New York's Democratic governor, Kathy Hochul, to remove Bragg. Bragg on Saturday, though, defended his policies at the Reverend Al Sharpton's National Action Network headquarters. We said we were going to marry fairness and safety. And we laid out a specific plan. We put it on the website. We put it in print. And this week, after January 1st, we got down to work. Uh, And we are doing what we said we would do. Now, Bragg reasons some career criminals need to be connected to things like mental health or addiction services instead of being imprisoned or incarcerated. A deadly shooting at a Burger King has left a teen dead, a 19-year-old female working her shift at a Burger King in Harlem has died. Crystal Bayron Nieves was shot by an armed robber who made off with only a hundred bucks. This happened around 1 a.m. in the morning at the Burger King, which is located at 116th Street and Lexington Avenue. That's actually in East Harlem. This teen was hit by gunfire in her torso. The NYPD says she died at Metropolitan Hospital. And this uh, teenager had actually wanted off the late shift, which she had been working for only three weeks because she was actually scared over working those hours. And the FS had started working at the fast food establishment just three weeks ago. As of this morning, this gunman is at large. The NYPD has not yet announced any arrests in connection with this case. According to the police, the person that they are looking for, this gunman, a slim man who was wearing dark clothes and a black mask, Crime Stoppers is offering a reward of $3,500 for the killer's capture. Now, you can take a look at the video leading up to that shooting. It's up on our website, wabcradio.com. Again, wabcradio.com. A Chinese immigrant who was brutally attacked in April while collecting cans in East Harlem has now died of his injuries. The NYPD Saturday says his case now considered a homicide. According to cops, Yapan Ma died December 31st, and the attack drew national attention, you might remember, as part of a rise in anti-Asian hate crimes, not only in New York, but around the country. Jared Powell in New York City was previously charged with attempted murder, felony assault, and hate crime charges in the case. And it, of course, remains under investigation. Now, a family representative said the charges against Powell should now be enhanced because their family member has, in fact, died. Video of this incident shows Powell attacking Ma from behind, knocking him to the ground and repeatedly kicking his head before fleeing the scene. And a funeral service planned sometime next week. And we have details on that. We'll let you know about it. Well, support now from New York City's new mayor, Eric Adams, for that controversial voting bill. It would allow nearly one million non-citizens to vote in municipal elections. Adams put out a statement over the weekend. Now, in it, he says he has and will continue to support the measure, despite initially having some concerns. The city council approved the Our City, Our Vote measure back in December. By a vote of 33 in the affirmative, 14 in the negative, and two abstentions, intro 1867A is hereby adopted. Congratulations, Councilmember Rodriguez. All right, so that passed the New York City Council on December 9th, and the passage, despite concerns from more than a dozen lawmakers and former Mayor Bill de Blasio, he never signed it before he exited office on December 31st. 
The bill grants approximately 800,000 legal non-citizen residents in New York City, such as green card holders and recipients of deferred action, the right to vote in municipal contests, but not state or federal elections. Well, there could be yet another candidate for governor of New York. The latest interest is from millionaire Republican Harry Wilson. Wilson says he is seriously considering a run for governor of New York, insisting his strong experience in the business world would help a reeling New York still battling the COVID-19 viral pandemic. Wilson is the son of Greek immigrants. He narrowly lost, you might remember, the 2010 race for state comptroller to Tom DiNapoli. So Wilson reportedly privately polling New Yorkers about a potential run for governor of New York. He's currently chair and CEO of the MAVA Group, which is known as an expert in corporate restructurings and turnarounds. Well, Amazon workers who want to unionize are giving the uh, Congresswoman, AOC, very controversial anyway, Progressive Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the brush off. AOC first promised union organizers at a Staten Island warehouse that she'd stand by them, but then she broke her promise, dropping out at the last minute. Insulted union organizers did not invite AOC to their latest December rally. AOC, of course, one of the people behind crushing Amazon's plans back in 2019 to build a world headquarters in Long Island City, Queens. And that headquarters would have created 25,000 jobs here in the New York City area. Well, yes, you can now place your bets in New York online and on one of four apps on your phone. As of Saturday, New Yorkers can legally place bets using any one of four apps. The New York State Gaming Commission green-lighted the mobile betting. And with that, New York becomes the 18th state in the nation to permit online sports gambling in some form. New York state lawmakers and then disgraced Governor Andrew Cuomo cleared the way for mobile wagering back in April of last year. It was included in part of the state budget. New York is estimated to rake in at least a billion dollars annually from online sports betting. Now, the New York State Gaming Commission said it will release data on betting volume monthly, so numbers out just as to how much was wagered over the weekend not yet available. But I can tell you that former New York Rangers goalie Hendrick Lundquist signed on as an ambassador with Caesars Sportbook on Saturday. All right, coming up to our traffic and transit report, let's uh, give you your weather first. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center calling for temperatures to drop today with a high of only near 30 degrees. Sunshine, though, right now 35, a partly cloudy overnight, the low 14, blustery tomorrow, winds near 30 miles per hour. All right, let's get a check on the roads and the rails with Joe Nolan. Morning once again, Joe. Well, good morning, Deb. Northbound on the Jersey Turnpike Western Spur up by 18W, an accident off on the shoulder. Westbound Southern State, Eagle Avenue, an accident again. That one also off on the shoulder. Good news on the belt. Earlier problems at Cross Bay gone. Same thing on the New England Thruway southbound at the Hodge. But eastbound on the Cross Bronx at Jerome Avenue, that accident is still there, still in the process of being cleared. Now, the Transit Authority, there's no D service both ways, 145th to 205th, that with fire department activity, and alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations are in effect. You have a good day, Deb. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thanks, Joe. We are, of course, working our way to the Bernie and Sid in the Morning program here at 77 WABC. Bernie and Sid coming up at 6 o'clock. 
They may have heard about this horrible Taurus tragedy. The death toll now stands at 10. Nine people seriously hurt after a Brazilian canyon fell on top of two tourist boats Saturday. Now, rescue on Sunday actually recovered three more bodies. At least 32 people hurt here as that tragedy unfolded. Debris hit a second tourist boat, too. One survivor recalled how some pebbles began falling from a canyon before it collapsed onto these boats. All right. The region had been under very heavy rainfall for the last couple of weeks. So that may have factored into this terrible tragedy. Now, officials do think that that rain may have loosened the rock face, calling it to tumble onto these two tourist boats. Well, there's a lot of controversy, as you know, over trans athletic competition. Now, trans UPenn swimmer Leah Thompson crushed twice in Ivy League women's swim meet by Yale competitor Isaac Hennig. Hennig is transitioning from female to male. Henzig easily bid out his opponents in the women's 100-yard freestyle and 50-yard freestyle. UPenn swim meet on Saturday against Dartmouth. And Yale is the Penn team's first since December when Elia Thomas blew away the competition. Henzig still competes on the Ivy League school's women's team after coming out to coaches and teammates back in April of 2021. And he told reporters back in July that he was not taking hormones because he still wanted to compete. All right, time check, WABC News Time 559 as we work our way to the Bernie and Sid in the morning program. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center calling for a sunny day today. Our high actually only 30 degrees, so temperatures will drop right now, 35 degrees. Of course, dark's out, but uh, we have partly clear skies here in New York. All right, Deb Valentine with your 77 WABC early news. Bernie and Sid coming up at 6 o'clock.